training camp is here. The NBA season is right around the corner. Welcome back, guys and gals. This is a whole new episode of the Ball and Roll Pick and Pod. Lots to discuss, but first, as always, be sure to stay locked in on ballandroll.com for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, the spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Lots to discuss. Let's get after it. Kev, what's up, man? You know what's up, baby? It's football time. College football. We got Army-Navy today, so I'm pumped for that. Uh, we got college basketball starting starting up, so you can see all the young prospects for the next year. So I've been watching a lot of that, dude. It's mm-hmm. been crazy. It's been so many buzzer beaters. You know, Penn State's basketball team is actually decent, I guess, compared to their football team. Um, yeah, other than that, man, I'm doing good. Getting ready for Christmas, you know? You know what it is. And it's also fantasy draft time. Getting around the corner for that. Signed up for two drafts already. So, you know, I'm still accepting invitations for more leagues because I'm versatile like that. Uh, uh, whatever, whatever whatever league you want me. You want me salary cap league. You want me just pick them league. Whatever. You know, daily fantasy. Do, hit me up. I got you. But I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad college basketball's back because that means John Rothstein can tweet about it. Um, and Penn State, <laughs> so the Penn State football team has won and know in their last one game. So we're on a streak right now. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good, man. John, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing all right. To start getting ready for an NBA season in the first week of December. But hey, man, that's 2020. It's just been a weird year. I'm glad we're at the finish line and excited to talk about some NBA basketball. Yeah, no, you got you really got to like change up your internal clock because everything is all messed up this year. Kevin, Kevin you're really good at changing your internal clock. You're very adaptable with the times. Oh, dude. I'm I'm so versatile. It's not a, it's not a, it's uh-huh. crazy. Like, yeah. Put, put, put me anywhere. I'll adapt. I'm a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, big big day today. Penn State is playing Rucker. We're about to win our second straight game. We're making oh, a late push. Everything. Rucker is actually nice though. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But all I know okay. is a lot of people were hating on me for Penn State, and then Penn State came out of nowhere and beat Michigan. Um, so. Mm. Um, you, you know what? I I could throw a lot of numbers out there, but I'm not gonna because I want you Good. to live in your glory. I, I think you 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 deserve to live in your glory because I'm pretty sure they're mathematically eliminated oh. from. Yeah. Anyways, oh, yes. uh, we'll we'll just we'll continue forward. Um. Okay. Basketball stuff, guys. Uh, lots to discuss here. Uh, the first thing, and probably most importantly, there was a big trade this week, which we should probably touch on. Russell Westbrook traded to the Washington Wizards for John Wall. Um, I I saw a lot of Spider-Man memes about this one Mm. on Twitter. But Houston also gets a 2023 um, first-round pick. There's, like, protection clauses on it, so it probably doesn't matter too much. But let's get your initial thoughts on this trade, John. Let's start off with you. How do you feel about this trade, and who do you think won? Well, I was a little surprised to see the trade go down after seeing the reports that Houston and Washington weren't really interested in doing this trade, and then it still went down. So I was mm-hmm. surprised about that, first and foremost. But initially, when I heard about this proposed trade, I was thinking, why would they do that? Because Russell Westbrook and John Wall, they're similar players in their play styles, where they're athletic point guards that predicate their game on attacking the rim. And it just didn't make sense you know, do this trade if I was one of the GMs because you're not really taking a step forward with either guy swapping teams, kind of just taking a step step to the side 
like exactly the reason why the Spider-Man memes were circulating around Twitter, right? So I, I don't really understand the logic in that sense, but if I think about it a little harder, it could make sense for Houston because John Wall is a better playmaker than Russell Westbrook is, you know, when he was healthy. So if John Wall can be somewhat resemblant of what he was before he got injured, then maybe it makes sense on Houston's end. And then on the other side, Washington, you know, they pick up Westbrook, who is still dynamic in terms of his game. And Bradley Beal is definitely a better off-ball player and probably is a little more comfortable playing off-ball compared to James Harden. So it could make sense in that scenario. But I don't really see a true winner in this scenario. If, if anything, Washington probably is the winner just because Westbrook is the healthier player so he can help the Wizards compete now. And I really do see them in Washington being able to sneak into the playoffs there at, as, at least as a seven seed. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's a win for Washington, but I wouldn't say it's a very large win because Westbrook is still on a pretty bad contract, albeit a little bit better than John Wall because John Wall hasn't played for like three years or something like that, and he's still making a ton of money. So it, it's not really a, a true win, but if mm-hmm. I had to pick a winner, I'd pick Washington. Kev, what, what are your thoughts? So Washington, Washington is a team that is trying to put bandage on a ship where which is submerging right now. And they've been doing it for a long time. They're like, okay, we're going to re-up Davis Bertans. That's our lifesaver. They do it. But I don't think so. You know, I think they're trying to do whatever it is just to keep the only good player that's remaining on the team there, which is Bradley Beal. So mm-hmm. I kind of get it. I think he, his contract is done in 2022, 2023. If mm-hmm. they don't show that they're trying, he might leave. And that's that, that's not going to be good for a team like Washington and the market that they are. Uh, they have a lot of good young prospects. You know the Gonzaga kid, Rui Hachimura. I love that kid for uh, last year in March Madness. And I was excited for him to start playing this year. I was just so disappointed that he went to Washington. But I hope he can grow there. So mm-hmm. I... I don't like this trade at all, but I get it. I get it for the Rocket side as well. Because you're hearing these quotes come out where they're saying Harden preferred to play with John Wall for a long time. If that's the case, they're also trying to hold on to Harden, right? You have players kind of just moving here and there, but they want to hold on to Harden because that's one of the best things that's happened to that team in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they show that, okay, you you want John Wall? Okay, I'm going to get you John Wall. Then Harden's going to be like, okay, this team's going to, this team's my bitch. So they're going to do exactly what I want them to. Uh, they're they're going to do what um, uh, I ask them to every single time, right? So mm-hmm. uh, in, in that in that scenario, I get why the trade went down. The, the, both teams are just trying to address what their star players need. Mm-hmm. So that's it. And it, financially, there's not much of a difference because uh, the contracts pretty much are the same. They kind of balance themselves out, right? They're both around the 40 million range. I think John Wall in his latter half might be getting a little bit more. I know towards his end, he's getting like 47, but still, like, it's all still around the same amount. So it's not going to be a big contract, ch- I mean, fi- financial change. But mm-hmm. to me, yeah, you, you guys nailed, um, you guys hit the nail, nail on the head, head of the, how, how does that say go? I never got that saying. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. On, on the head of the, the coffin the or something like that. Yeah, there's a coffin in there, too. That's why. I don't even know. Okay, whatever. You hit the nail on the head, right? 
it's a Spider-Man meme. That's what it is. But if John Wall is healthy, he has proven that he's a far better player than Westbrook. When John Wall was healthy, I remember when John Wall was initially drafted, you know, due to the John Wall, John Wall. Because, dude, this kid was so fast from one end of the court to the other end. But I'm curious, like, what is there after you, two consecutive injuries? You know, one, I, it was a knee, I think. And the second one was the burst Achilles. I so, what is remaining over there afterwards? So um, the injuries where it seems like he hurt his hip and then he tore his Achilles. Um, yeah. And like you said, the contracts are pretty much the same. I don't know if I would ever say that John Wall was ever better than Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook, look, we hate on Russell Westbrook a lot, but this is a dude who makes a all-NBA team every single year out of the West, which is why. Crazy. Richard, could I ask you why? Why is John Wall... Worse no, why West- is Westbrook making uh, the All-Star team every single year? Or the well, All-NBA team All-Star every single John, year? John Wall makes that, too. I'm talking about the All-NBA team. Oh, well, why does he make that? I, I'm curious. Because he's better. No, because he averages triple-doubles. No, but he is mm-hmm. But he is a better player. How, how, how is he a better player? Is he a better shooter than John Wall? They're not. Neither of them are good shooters. I, the the but, crazy but, part is that John Wall towards no, his latter half... But here's the thing. Before his injury, he was it was better. No, but here, no, I, I I would disagree, and I think that look, we we can hate on Russell Westbrook a ton, and look, I'm not the biggest fan of his game because I think a lot of the times he's out of the control, out of control. He poor shot sh- selection, um, he turns the ball over a ton. But John Wall does the exact same thing, and the difference is that no matter how bad Russell Westbrook is perceived to be, he always takes his team into the playoffs. And who does he lose? He loses to a stacked Golden State team. He loses to James Harden and the Houston Rockets. You know, like he loses to good teams in the playoffs. John Ball, before he got, he couldn't even take his team to the playoffs with Bradley Beal in the Eastern Conference. Okay, who did Westbrook take to the playoffs? Well, he took to the playoffs a team of bums that after Kevin Durant left and he took him to a fifth seed. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. But, okay. But but you're saying statistically, Russell Westbrook is better than John Wall analytically as well. 100% statistically, Russell Westbrook has always been better than John Wall. I think John Wall is just like a notch below Russell Westbrook. But on top of that, like the way I look at this trade is one, it seems like the Houston Rockets need to make James Harden feel better so he can stay there and be happy and help them win. And it seems like John, John, uh, James Harden is never happy with his teammates, but kind of if, if Wojnarowski uh, reports that he's not happy with Russell Westbrook, you got to try to move Russell Westbrook to like keep that ship afloat. I think at this stage in their careers, Russell Westbrook is clearly better than John Wall just because Russell Westbrook is still playing at literally at his the same the same level he's always been while John Wall's coming off an Achilles injury and hasn't played in three years. So for me, I think Russ, like Washington made a big splash by bringing in someone who is really good. He's still really good. Maybe he's not the guy who's going to win you a championship, but he's still really, really good. And he's not coming off a career threatening injury. So I think Washington made a good move. I think for Washington, the money doesn't really matter this at this point because you're just replacing John Wall's contract with Russell Westbrook's contract. I think 
I'm curious to see how they do together, like Russell and Bradley Beal. I'm curious to see how like Rui Hachimura and like Denny, who they just dropped in the lottery, kind of fit into that puzzle. So, and I personally think it's going to be easier for Russell Westbrook to find success in the Eastern Conference, just because the Eastern Conference isn't as stacked as the West notoriously is. Like, obviously, you have teams like Milwaukee and Miami and Boston, but I think Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal can compete better in the East. And, I mean, at this stage of their careers, I think a Russell Westbrook is just better than a dude coming off a torn Achilles. Not to say that John Wall is going to be terrible. I think he's going to be fine. But when your pre- your game is predicated on your athleticism and speed and you're coming out this type of injury, like I kind of pause and go like, oh, my God, you're about to pay this guy $50 million and you have yeah. no idea what he's going to be like. So, like, I get it from the perspective that James Harden wants to change and you got to keep him happy. But I feel like it's a move that kind of made sense for both sides. And I feel like in terms of the player that you they, the team received, Washington clearly won. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, Rich, I want you to know that I, I agree with you. Right mm-hmm. now, Westbrook is a healthier one. But I'm saying, like, prior to... John Wall's injury. I, I think John Wall was a far better player than Westbrook. And but why? The, the, I found John Wall was way more efficient than Westbrook. So you're saying if you had to start a team, you had the option between a healthy Westbrook and a healthy John Wall. Who would you pick? Your, your would, honest opinion. I would pick Russell Westbrook. I think John Wall, like John Wall, has something gross. If you look, no, but like if you look at John Wall's statistics, like he's not. Mm-hmm. He's they're kind of the same. I just think like if you look at their shooting, like they're not efficient shooters. Like if you're I mean, like, John Wall is a better three point shooter. If you if you want to bring in percentages, it's by a smidgen, but it is though. I let's yeah, see. I don't know. It's it's very close. Like it's not yeah, it's very close, but it, John Wall has the edge. If you want to bring in numbers, I just don't think it it pushes the needle. I think I think John Russell Westbrook just provides better all around. Uh, like let's see, John Wall's a thirty-two percent sh- three-point shooter. Uh, Russell Westbrook is a. Yeah. Uh, where Russell Westbrook is a thirty-one percent three-point shooter. Okay, but okay. So you know, also, to be fair, John Wall's career has also been stricken with injuries. I don't, I don't recall the last time he's played a full season. I, I think one time, one time in his career, uh, he's played a full season. Was it really one time? Just once. Once Damn. in his career, he played 82, 82 games. Other than that, he was hurt most of the time. So, wow. I, I don't know if it's something that has to do with Washington's tra- training staff or uh-huh. their coaching regimen, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, coming out of college, he was arguably one of the most talented players mm-hmm. to hit the league. He brought yeah. a persona that was only matched by a select few who ever came into the league before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it just feels like going into a, it, a city like Washington is not a, a team like Washington is not a team that, you know, helps nurture talent and helps them grow into their full potential and maximizes uh, uh, the full potential out of them, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like John Wall was always put in a bad position. If he was put on some other team with a good coach, with a good development uh, team, mm-hmm. who knows what he would have been. That's why I believe John Wall could have been a better player. Sure. Okay. That's fair. 
I mean, I'd, I'd say that if I had to pick between, you know, one of those two to start a team, it's it's kind of tough. I guess it depends on what you want for your team. If you want the better playmaker, like John Wall, he averaged like nine plus assists a couple times during his career. Mm-hmm. And I think if he was like still healthy and he had this team that's in Washington right now, it would have been really fun to watch because they were just launching a ton of threes last year and their point guard was Ish Smith. So imagine just insert a healthy John Wall into that roster. And then I think they're probably within like the top six or five teams in the East. Mm -hmm. Right. And it wasn't long ago that they were that, you know, Mm -hmm. they were on a trajectory where they were probably going to be one of like the top teams in the East. And then John Wall got injured for like two, two, three years. And we didn't really see much from them. So, and Otto Porter took his talents to Chicago. Yeah, that was pretty big. Like, not going <laughs> to lie, though, Otto Porter was kind of nice in Washington. I just you, remember him, like, uh, killing the Raptors. What happened to Otto Porter, Kevin? Injuries, man. I don't think he's, you guys he's do. been healthy. Well, we didn't do, okay, I didn't do nothing. We had a terrible staff who uh-huh. were not good at their job, hired by a terrible front office. Well, uh-huh. You know, we got rid of everything. We got a fresh start. Our two rows, yeah. man. Our two rows. We came through. We got Garrett Temple. Did you hear? Ever heard of him? Garrett Temple? We have that. We have one of those. <laughs> well, I, lo- I love how Kevin brings up Arturo's like he's like Messiah Jiri. Me, I mean, he Kevin has no choice. I mean, he did drop Jokic. Did you, did you guys get one of those? A Jokic? Ever heard uh, of it? No, but you, the Bulls haven't gotten a Jokic type yet either. I mean, I ever heard of a Patrick Williams? We have one of those too. Uh-huh, the flower shop guy. Yeah, the flower shop guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Very versatile, man. No, that's good. It's good to have a diverse portfolio because that's really I respect guy. the hustle. That's that's your type of guy. Um, John, one thing about me you need to know is that I'm a delusional fan. Absolutely delusional. Yeah, like, I, I've got I've gotten that. Good, okay. If last year, dude, I I made wagers across with like everybody in the world that Bulls were going to have a better season than the Raptors. And that's with a team that just drafted Kobe White. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh man, yeah, Kobe White, that's my future. Yo, yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to do better than the Raptors, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's called delusional. Oh, I'm yeah. a delusional fan. I will grab on a, a on, um, on a string and yeah. make a sweater out of it. Yeah. And you instigate this type of shit too. Like nobody I, asked, I, like, okay. literally everyone Raptors Twitter. <laughs> But you did. I did. I know. I was yeah. I was uh, public enemy number one with uh, Raptors Twitter last year huh? um, for no reason. Like there was yeah. no rivalry between Chicago and Raptors, but yeah. something it was born. Like I had Richard watching Chicago Bull games. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was right there next to you when the when the when the Bulls were in their lottery, and I was like hoping the Bulls would have a high pick. And then like you turn around and you start <laughs> creating all this beef with literally every Raptor fan. <laughs> I want the Bulls to do fine, Kevin. <laughs> no skin on my back. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so a few things we're going to do today. One, we're going to offer our predictions for this upcoming season because training camp is here. Um, before we do that, I wanted to just touch on a couple of things. First of all, um, LeBron signed an extension. Yeah, sure. Resigned with the team. Um, I believe it was a five-year deal. Yeah, it was a five-year, $190 million deal. Um, the fifth year is a player option. So um, 
what are your guys' thoughts on the Lakers? Because I thought if there's one team that had a really great offseason, it's the Lakers because they did they literally did everything they had to do this this offseason. They re upped Anthony Davis, they extended LeBron James, they brought in a guy like Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green, who seemed to, like he was falling apart. They signed Montreal Harrell. They brought back a Markeith Morris for dirt cheap, considering how, mu- how much his brother signed with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, they brought in a Marcus Salsa, so defensive president up up front. Probably an upgrade from like a JaVale McGee and, and a Dwight, uh, Dwight Howard at this point in their careers. And then they re-signed Contavious Caldwell-Pope and brought in a Wesley Matthews. So like, how do we feel about this Laker team now? Kev, let's start off with you here. So, I mean, Lakers did the right thing. I, initially, I was like, oh, dang. Uh, they, they they gave away almost 80% of their salary cap to LeBron and AD. But at the same time, Lakers are a team that can do that. They're a big market. They already mm-hmm. won a championship. So they, they, they proved that the two guys, they can go out there and win it, win it alone if they have to. So what you're going to get is a lot of good role players who want a ring, who will come and sign for dirt cheap. Because mm-hmm. I, sometimes to some players, it's m- money, they'll get it. I mean, look at look at Morris, man. Morris has a, uh, a joint bank account with Marcus. He doesn't have to worry about making one mil while his brother's making a lot of money because that's his money too now, which is the craziest thing. Two grown men who have joint bank accounts. That's the wildest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a- 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 anyways, okay, moving away from that. I, bringing in a guy like Trez. They paid a little bit more, but I think it's worth it. He brings in a little bit of explosion off the bench, and he's proven that in the Clippers. He's not a defensive anchor, but when you're coming off the bench, it's not about stops. It's about being a spark plug, and he can bring that Schroeder as well. He, he's going to be really good off the bench. Uh, I, I believe he's a front runner for six man of the year in our awards. We'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. He's proven that, you know, ISO, whatever it is, he can go out there and create his own offense. Working with uh, uh, Trez, great pick and roll action. Uh, Mm -hmm. They made a lot of great moves. I think they are the favorites as as champions going into next year. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I thought they were perfect with what they did this offseason. Like, other than the Lakers, I think. A team like the Hawks had like a really, really great offseason. A team like Portland had a really great offseason. But like at the very top, it has to be the Lakers. They literally did everything they, they were supposed to do to cement themselves as favorites for next season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of seeing if uh, Anthony Davis is going to stay healthy. Uh, Davis even came out and said that one of the biggest reasons why he signed this long contract was mm-hmm. because of his past injuries, which makes sense. He wants to secure the longevity. And I'm- all, all you got to do is like look at like his former Kentucky Wildcat teammate, Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. Could have, yeah. Like he could have got the bag, but he didn't, and then he got injured. So I think for Anthony Davis, who's like closing in on thirty, like I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. For no, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I also I agree with all the things you said there, Richard, about the Lakers. You know, they could have had a better off season, and I think. Low key, their addition of Marcus All is going to be very important for them in the West because mm-hmm. you have to match up with all these talented bigs like Yusuf Nurkic, Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Gasol does make sense to match up with those types of centers. And we've yeah. seen in the past that Marcus Gasol, you know, as you know, he's already really old and he he's, mm-hmm. his shots not the greatest anymore, but yeah. he's still a very great team defender and he can make an impact on that end of the floor. 
and he's still a great playmaker too. So it's going to be exciting to see Marcus Gasol operate in the post, see LeBron and AD mm-hmm. operate off ball a little bit more. And then yeah. you got guys like Wes Matthews. That's a really sneakily good signing there. I mm-hmm. think he'll be a little bit better than Danny Green from three-point range. Mm-hmm. And, you know, re-upping on Contavious Codwell-Pope, I mean, he, he had a pretty, like, mediocre regular season, but he really popped off in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a win in that sense. But, yeah, the Lakers, they, they just really plugged in the spots that they lost in mm-hmm. terms of, like, Rondo, Howard and uh, JaVale McGee, and they added players that can make an impact in the regular season and potentially in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. you couldn't have asked for a better season, if better off season if you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And um, so other, other than the Lakers, who do we think had a good off season heading into um, th- uh, this coming season? Like um, I mentioned Atlanta Hawks. I think it's clear that Atlanta has pushed themselves into like the realm of being a playoff team, signing a Gallinari, signing like a Bogdanovich and like pulling him away from Sacramento as a restricted free agent. Um, let's see, who else did they bring in? I completely, it completely escapes me. Uh, Rondo. Did they bring in Dwight Howard? Chris, Chris Dunn. Uh, no, they didn't get a Dwight Howard, but they got Rondo. Yes. They brought in, um, yeah, Howard went to Philly. But yeah, they right. a Rondo, they brought in a Gallinari, like I said, a Solomon Hill who provi- provides like defense at like, at the very end of the bench, you know, um, like they drafted a guy in the, in, in the lottery and on Yeko on Okongwu. So like they have guys now to, mm-hmm. that they can put around like a Trey Young, uh, Kevin Herter. They have an extra year of development for like Cameron Reddish and, and DeAndre Hunter. So it's, I think it's, this is going to be a really exciting team. I think a lot of people kind of jumped on their bandwagon last year, a little early, a little prematurely. I think this year, we can kind of see them make the playoffs and see what kind of team this could be because they're still very, very young. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Blazers, like you were saying earlier, I think they had a pretty like low key off season that people yeah. might be overlooking just mm-hmm. because, you know, last season didn't end the way it was like, you know, they envisioned mm-hmm. it, but yeah. I think a really clean bill of health is going to help out the Blazers. You know, mm-hmm. let's not forget that literally all their main guys faced injuries last year. In yeah. terms of C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins. So mm-hmm. if those guys come back healthy, and then you add Robert Covington to the equation, this mm-hmm. is a team that went to the Eastern, to the Western Conference Finals a couple of years ago, right? So yeah. you can't, yeah. you can't really sleep on the Blazers. I think they could be one of the top teams in the West this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I don't know if you mentioned it, but Rodney Hood is back. Last year he was, he had a torn ACL. He's back now, so. They brought in I mean, Owls as well. So just really well, good. I feel like they have very, a lot of interchangeable pieces on, on like on their roster. So um, they can run a ton of different looks in terms of their lineup. But yeah, Kev. I mean, the fact that you guys aren't talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, absolutely yep. absurd. Like they, they, they just started the season off by getting rid of their terrible contracts, getting mm-hmm. rid of Al Horford. Get him rid of Josh Richardson, who, I mean, aside from injuries, he had a few good games here and there. Raul Neto, Zaria Smith, things like that. They got rid of him. And they brought in shooting, which was the best thing they needed. They brought in Danny Green. Of course, he hasn't really proven himself uh, last year uh, or yeah. the year before the playoffs or anything like that, but he is useful. Seth mm-hmm. Curry, he he's starting to butt into a very, very good player. They, Dwight mm-hmm. Howard, 
Uh, Tony Bradley, Terrence Ferguson, and also they drafted a steal in number 21 with Tyrese Maxey. I think I think he's one of the steals in this drafts, and uh, bringing in a guy like Doc Rivers as well, I, I think it's really good for the team. The, f- the team feels good. I, mm. Off-season-wise, I, they are up there ranked, I think, right below the Lakers this year. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think you got to give credit to Daryl Borey for literally coming into a new a new franchise and saving your boss $60 million right off mm-hmm. the bat. Um, Phoenix is obviously another team as well that had a big offseason, bringing in a Chris Paul. Um, let's see, who are we missing? Um, not the Raptors. They didn't have a good offseason. They just kind of saved money and kept flexibility for next year and lost Serge Ibaka. Um, OKC. OKC has a million first round. Yeah, OKC. OKC should probably hire an intern that keeps track of all of their first round. (laughs) Yeah. And like, if you think about it, like you're laughing at it right now, but like with all the protection clauses on it, with the amounts you have to keep track (laughs) of all of them, to know where, which team provided it. Like, honestly, it might be a tricky job. Dude, there's going to be one draft where OKC is picking like the uh, 22nd pick and they won't even know it. Because they already picked like four before, and they lost track of their picks. And we're like, "Oh yeah, 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 we have that one, so we'll take that kid. We'll take that yeah. kid. Give me that." That's <laughs> going to be one of those. Yeah, it's like OKC is on the clock, and they're like, "Word, <laughs> we pick over here too." Bet, give us a sec to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's safe, safe to say their scouting department's going to be very busy the next couple of years. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. They're scouting like thirteen year olds for like their five like twenty twenty seven picks. Um, but they made all the right moves. Though. Yeah, they had a good season, made the playoffs, sure. But I mean, you just lost Billy Donovan, okay? So yeah. I, I I don't know anything about the new coach that came in, Mark something. But I I don't know how good he is, what his background is, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if playoffs are necessarily your push right now. You have a lot of good young players there. Bring in some more uh, young prospects. You know, draft some really good players that they they picked up. Um, John's favorite player of the draft. Yep. Uh, what is it? Alexi Alexi Pokushevsky. Pokushevsky, exactly. They brought in that guy. They brought in some veteran presence in Trevor Reese, George Hill, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, TJ Leaf, of course, the legend. One of the very few Leafs that are left in the league. I think <laughs> the only Leaf that's left in the league right now. But, I think uh, the only <laughs> Leaf that's ever been in the league, period. Are you sure? There has I'm, to be more um, Leafs. I, hope, I think so. I mean, I don't hope so, because that's a sick last name. And it's a sick jersey. Mm-hmm. But uh, And they just have a million picks. You know, what, what they, now the question is, what are they going to do with their picks? Yeah. I don't think it makes sense just drafting. Sure, you might be able to get a lot of good players, but use them as trade assets. Once your players develop, use them as trade assets. You surround them with good talent and let them now push that city. Because OKC is never going to be a team that attracts like really good free agents. So mm-hmm. That's where they, they have to, you know, uh, leverage these picks and bringing yep. over like a five-star player or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also uh, something funny when, uh, when TJ Leaf was traded, the Indiana Pacers sent out like a tweet saying, we thank you for all the, his contributions off the court, which means he, he's done nothing on the court. I mean, <laughs> oh, like, thank you for helping the community. <laughs> Goodbye. I always got him and Tyler Hansborough confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, one more thing I quickly wanted to touch on before um, before we get into our predictions and then before we get our um, 
NFL picks for the weekend. Um, did you guys see what Kyrie Irving said? What, you know what, what did he say this time? <laughs> Kev, did you see? So I, I, I briefly saw it. He skipped his media day, didn't he? So so here's what happened. I'll, I'll read this for you guys. And it's it's something that, like, bothered me a lot, and I really wanted to address it. But, like, once, John, like, once you hear this, it's going to sound like the most Kyrie thing ever. But okay. anyways, Kyrie released a statement today, um, and this is what it said. COVID-19 has impacted all of us in many ways, so I pray for the safety and health of our communities domestically and abroad. I'm truly excited for the season to start, and I'm also praying that everyone remains safe safe and healthy throughout this journey. Instead of speaking to the media today, I am issuing this statement to ensure that my message is conveyed properly. I am committed to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win championships alongside my teammates and colleagues in the Nets organization. My goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Life hit differently this year, and it requires us, it requires me to move differently. So this is the beginning of that change. So Kyrie Irving, millionaire Kyrie Irving doesn't enjoy speaking to the media, so he doesn't want to do it anymore. So this upcoming season, Kyrie Irving wants to let his play on and off the court dictate um, how he feels, I guess. Dang, that's huh. sick. It's, it's, like, it's like wearing one of those charm bracelets indicating how you feel. Like, yeah. Today I'm happy, so I'm going to have a lot of smiley faces it's, in my bracelet. Like, I'm excited. It's like you have all of these responsibilities that come with your contract and come with what you are as an NBA player. And he's like, you know what? I like playing basketball. I like doing this. I like doing that. I really don't like sitting for 30 minutes and answering questions for the media. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but is he the first one? I'm, let's, let's bring think, in. <laughs> no, think, no. Allen Iverson hated the media and he gave he, short answers at least he gave answers but it was short answers yeah Mark John Lynch he he was sitting over there just because he, he he didn't want to get fined do they find people in NBA for not attending media day I think they would I mean if they I would they, I mean that's that's a tariff you pay for that uh, to escape that uh, uncomfortability yeah but here's but here's the thing like Alan Iverson still spoke to the media. Marshawn Lynch still spoke to the media. Kyrie, I wouldn't classify yeah. that as speaking, though. I mean, Do you classify that as speaking? I mean, Ask me a question right now, Richard. No, but at, considering what Kyrie wants to do, which is not even show up, it's something. No, we know what he it did. Is. He just created a new segment for the media. Post-game analysis, part of it with the stats and everything, should be how did Kyrie feel today based on his game. And they should be able to dissect that. I'm just so annoyed. This is so like just do you just this is one of your responsibilities as a millionaire NBA player. Just do it. You don't have to answer every question. If a question rubs you the wrong way, say you don't feel comfortable answering. But just like you're not even in front of them. You're on Zoom. Dude, just yeah. answer what I don't know. Like do your job, you know? Like the media I mean, love them or hate them, they have a job too. Yeah. So the thing is that Richard, I get what you're saying, but I, I I'm siding with Kyrie over here. I don't side with Kyrie with many things, but this is one of the things I, I side with because from his earlier on career, I think he's voiced how the media always manipulates what he says, and then they push out a narrative. And that's yeah. tough. Imagine, imagine you say, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, imagine you say something so minuscule, they they twist it and make the make it sound like you hate 
uh, a certain group or you're against a certain bill or whatever it is, right? Which is not your true, truest intentions. And th- that's tough, right? Especially for, I, I don't believe Kyrie's much of an extrovert guy. Uh, he's, he seems like a very introverted guy. I, mm-hmm. I, I get what he's coming from. And it, I, I don't think his job is to answer the media. I don't believe that it is. I, I get it. You're representing the team. It is something that you might have to do. But I don't think that his job is to come up there and help the team win. You know, here here's how I see it. I see it both ways because there are times where, yes, the media definitely twists statements in order to, you know, fit the narrative that they're trying to push out. I definitely understand that 100%. But, you know, I also see that sometimes the questions that media members ask are very, like, you know, why would you ask that? Like, even just a couple of days ago, there was a reporter i think from espn brazil and he was talking to pascal siakam about how the raptors surprisingly won the championship oh, yeah. in 2019 right like you, you you don't say those kind of things you don't you don't ask questions like that that's how you get like kicked out that's that's just wrong so i i understand it, it from kyrie's it's from siakam's twitter no no was it P- uh, tiago splitter i know he's tiago a splitter no nah, it wasn't it wasn't okay okay go ahead but, you know it doesn't. It just jars me or rubs me the wrong way when I see people ask questions like that, and I think, how did you get here? But mm. you know, and there's also that one reporter in the NBA Finals every year that asks the most dumb questions. I, I I keep blanking on his name, but you know, there's that side, and then I do understand it from you know Richard's perspective too, because as stupid as it is to you know answer to some of these really dumb questions mm-hmm. it's it's still your job to speak to the media so you know with Kyrie saying that he's not going to speak to the media that's the most Kyrie thing ever mm-hmm. but I, I don't really find anything too wrong with this statement because you know when he brought up like everything about this year and you know the health and safety of the players I, I was with that but he should still talk to the media, man. Like, come on. Yeah, At the has, end of the day, we got, we got jobs to do, too. Yeah, and this has nothing yeah. to do with health and safety. You're on Zoom. They're not yeah. there next to you. And, like, imagine if every every player was going to stop talking to the media. Like, believe it or not, the media does help grow the game. And if you don't no, talk I, to the media, it's just you're you're going to halt the process of the game growing. And I just, agree. Yeah. But, no, I, I but, get you. Yeah, I get your your point of view. I just think with with Kyrie, it's like fuck, man. Like, why are you always in the news for this type of shit? Like, just it's a responsibility you have. Just do it. You don't have to answer everything. Just answer whatever you feel comfortable answering, and just do your job. See, that's the thing, though. He doesn't have to answer it. It's not like the thing is that. I, you you say all all these things that are uh, seen in the me- media because of Kyrie. Mm-hmm. That that's why Kyrie doesn't want to be there. Like he doesn't want to be seen in the media. Like he just wants to live his life where he mm-hmm. goes and helps his team win, balls out as hard as he can, and then just go home, be by himself. And mm-hmm. media, the thing is that it's it's a tool for players to utilize. Like mm-hmm. it, it, if you want more brand deal brand deals, you get, you need to get your name out there. How do you get your name out there? Number one, play play play. 
your mind out on the court. Number two, be notable in the media. Make it seem like you're a nice guy. Whatever it is, have a great personality. Even if you're a nice guy or even if you're not, just make it seem like it, right? That That's, you utilize the media. Mm-hmm. But if Kyrie doesn't want to utilize that, that should be his choice, right? I mean, we live in a year, uh, we live in an age where it, everybody, like free will is something that everybody speaks of. Like everyone's yeah. uh, thoughts and rights matter. Like that, that that's what we speak of. But if he, so exactly, like if he doesn't want to do it, mm-hmm. that, that's his choice. Let him do it. Like he's not going to get utilized the media. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, if the media doesn't get your interview with uh, Kyrie Irving, the world doesn't end. There's a million other players out there. Mm-hmm. Go out interview the next person. And go out interview who wants to be interviewed. Which there are players out there who want that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, let shall we move on to our next segment here with the predictions? Yes, sir. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's go through this quickly, and then we'll finish up with our NFL picks, and we'll be done. Before we get going, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Check that out. Guys, let's start off with our predictions for who makes the playoffs. Oof. Mm. I don't to do this. Okay, let's go, Kevin. No. Okay, fine. No. Fine. fine. He refuses. John, let's start off. With no, you. I will. I will. Uh, John, I'll okay. Start. Okay. Go. Go ahead, Kev. Go ahead. Oh, I don't. Okay. Dang Where it. do the Bulls rank? I I do this every year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna uh, go Eastern or Western Conference first. I want to hear the East. Okay. Well, I'm glad you bring up the East. Okay. Number one, I have the Boston Celtics. Okay. I think oh. the Boston Celtics are going to step up this year. Okay. Uh, with Gordon Hayward out, I think Jalen Brown is going to emerge as uh, – like, he's already a very good, t- a very talented player. But mm-hmm. I, it, it's his contract year coming up, is it not? Uh, no, he, I th- they're locked up. No, Jalen Brown is not locked up, is he? I'm pretty sure he is. Like, okay, um, I'll look that up in a second, but um, I'll, I'll look it up while you give your prediction. Thank you, I appreciate that. So Boston Celtics number one, Milwaukee number two. I have Miami number three, Brooklyn Nets number four. I have Kev, uh, Kev, one sec. So uh, I don't know if this impacts your your uh, standings, but Jalen Brown is locked up for how long? So he signed a four-year, one hundred and six. Hey, I'm out. I'm out. So when a player is playing on a contract year, it's completely different. I'm out on that then. So okay. I have Milwaukee number one. Jesus. I have uh, oh my God. Milwaukee number one. I have Miami number two. I have um, uh, Brooklyn number three. Philadelphia number four. I have uh, Toronto number five. Where did the Celtics Boston, go? Boston number six. Damn. I From first have, to sixth. Yeah, because they drop, man. Hunger. They drop the love. It's 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 a it's a cold world out there. I have Atlanta oh, number seven, it. Atlanta number seven, and I have Chicago number eight. Okay. Okay. Thank goodness. Okay. Not bad. Humility. I learned a lot so, of it. So before John, before you go, let's let's just acknowledge that Boston went from one to six yes. just because they lost a little bit of grit. I mean, contract yeah. year. Okay, Richard, are you saying contract year play doesn't matter? <laughs> I I just think that. <laughs> I, I just find it funny that they drop by six <laughs> just because of the, the, this one. They drop, drop five spots, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the game, the game changes. You have to understand. Like, clearly, when a, play, 
when a player plays for contract year, they mm-hmm. ball out. And as soon as they get the contract, a lot of the times it's a downfall. They don't play good afterwards. Right? That, that's yeah. why I'm banking on it. So make sure everybody writes down their picks. Because yeah, we, we have I'm, to hold each other accountable for, at the end I'm, of the year. Yeah, I'm writing every single one of them down for all of us. You've written mine down already? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I John, who you got? Well, I actually did a power rankings list for ball and roll. So I kind of have an idea of where I have every team in the NBA. So I guess I'll just go off my list. I mean, I had the Bucks number two overall. So they're going to be my one seed in the East. I had the Heat second, mm-hmm. Brooklyn third. Boston fourth, I had the Raptors fifth, Philadelphia six, uh, and then seven eight, seven eight was kind of tough for me, mm-hmm. but I have the Pacers at seven and then the Hawks at eight. I had the Wizards and the Hornets just missing out at nine and ten. Whoa, wait, what? Where the Bulls, man? No, oh man, no. I don't know if you've seen the article yet, but I had the Bulls 24th in the league, man. I'm sorry. Oh no, <laughs> Kevin, no. <laughs> yeah, what the heck, dude? It's okay. Uh, I put in a little thing at the end this there is how for it the Bulls. Last year, Richard. No, but Kev, first of all, in his defense, you you just plugged them in eighth. You plugged them in. No, at the but this very is how end. it started last year. You understand? Last year, I started off with the Bulls being lower. And then mm-hmm. somebody made a slight remark about how the Bulls are not going to make the playoffs. That's when it started. That's when it became personal. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is when it's going to become personal. Bulls, I'm going to move them up. I'm moving them up. I had them at eighth. Yeah. Oh, I'm moving them up to the fifth. Oh. So, so Toronto is no longer fifth? Are we okay. doing this again, Kevin? Yes. Dang. We're, do- we're doing this again. So move this everyone. is what happened last year. This is exactly what happened last year. Jesus, the poor Celtics are at seven now, all because of no contract. <laughs> no grit. I don't trust no it. Okay, here's what I got. I got the Bucks one. I got the Celtics two. I got the Heat three. I got the Nets four. Then I got the Raptors at five. I got the Sixers at six. I got the Wizards at seven. And then I have the... Uh, I have the Atlanta Hawks at eight. So the Pacers, I pushed them back to nine. Oh, that that hurts a little bit. That hurts a little bit, Richard? That well, hurts a little bit? I, I don't know. The East is kind of good now. Yeah, it's low-key stacked when you look yeah, at it. like low-key stacked, yeah. Where, where are the Bulls over there, Richard? Uh, the Bulls, that can be 10th. You know what? Actually... Move Kevin, the Bulls we, back to the eighth for me. Move no. the Bulls back to the eighth for me. I'm moving uh, them back to the eighth. Back okay. to the eighth. I, I don't know if you want the Bulls to be eighth, though, this year, because the draft coming up looks to be pretty nice. No, underdog. We don't need any more drafts. So all we have are young prospects. Okay. And, and, and Garrett Temple. We have one of those. Yep. We have one Garrett Temple and a lot of young prospects. I don't yep. know if we still have one of those at Thaddeus Youngs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kevin, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the West. We're done. With that. That's it. Um, John, let's start off with you here. Who you got? All right. So we talked about the Lakers. They have to be number one. I have the Clippers at two. I have the uh, let me scroll down here. Blazers at three. Nuggets at four. Mavericks at five. Golden State sixth. Houston seven. Ooh, I'm gonna regret that one. And then Phoenix at eight. So I have a couple teams missing out here, like the Pelicans, Spurs, 
Grizzlies. The West is a little bit stacked this year, too, just if you look at it. There's probably 10 or 11 teams that could make the playoffs, but three are going to miss out, and it's just an improved field overall. Yeah. Kev? Interesting. So, quick question. What is the timetable for John Wall? John Wall is back. He's coming back. He's playing this year? Yeah, dude. He's back. Like that ass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Since it's a dead ass, that, that changes everything. Okay. Uh-huh. So I have Lakers number one, of course. Okay. I have Golden State number two. Okay. Steph Curry got a lot of sleep last year. He got a lot of sleep. I saw him shooting with two hands this year. <laughs> that changes everything. Okay. Dang. Steph Curry's coming off hibernation. All right. Post hibernation, everybody knows they have a lot of energy. I have Golden State Warriors number two. <laughs> I have uh, Denver number three. Jamal Murray post uh, post bubble. Jamal Murray. I don't know, but I still trust it. I have Denver number three. I have Dallas number four. I have Clippers number five. I have Ooh. Clippers number five. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like that. I have <laughs> Utah. Utah number six. Utah yeah. number six. Portland number seven. And Phoenix number eight. And I have Houston Houston missing the playoffs. Damn. Well, it okay. could happen if they trade with James Harden this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so here we go. I got the Lakers as well, number one. I'm going to have the Clippers at number two. I'm going to have the Rockets at number four. What about number three? Sorry, number three. My bad. I can't count. Um, Then, let's see. I'm going to go with the Warriors. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. That's a lie. I'm going to go with the Nuggets at number four. Okay. Then we'll go number five. We'll have the Rockets. Oh, sorry. The Warriors. I'm I'm such a mess. Six, we're going to have you got Seven. who at six? Who six, at six? Six, I have the Blazers. So, Lakers, okay. Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets, Warriors, Blazers, um, Jazz at seven. No, let's go with the Mavs. He's eight. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Dude, There's like the, a couple teams. The West is good. Suns yeah. Are, Suns are good. Ah. I would let's put the Suns in the eight with Chris Paul. Yeah, let's go with the Yeah, Suns. I was thinking that too. Yeah. What if the Suns just no? I'm gonna say the Suns don't make the playoffs. I'm gonna say the That's Jazz. crazy. That's crazy talk. It's, it's definitely gonna be one of those years where a team like is on a forty nine win pace or like a fifty win pace and misses out in the West for the playoffs. No, it might you be guys, one of those what you guys are what you guys aren't accounting for is that there is going to be a playing tournament this year. And we know the Sun's record right. in the playing tournament. Uh, they didn't get there last but year. But they were 8-0, 8-0, 8 fighting against adversity. But this year they won't have as much as adversity because they have Chris Paul. I guess. I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's going to be a team, like John said, that once you get to the end of the season, we're going to be like, damn, they didn't make the playoffs. I feel like it might be the Suns. It's going to be the Houston Rockets. Might be the Houston Rockets. 
I don't think it's going to be the Houston Rockets. But I don't also, know. you guys, you, you guys are sleeping on Golden State. They have dude, a dragon. Dude, I, I put them at five. But they have a dragon. Do they? Yeah, they have a dragon vendor. Do they? Is that where they he is? Yeah, one of those. I thought he went back to Maccabi. Did he? I thought like he. I thought he went to Golden State. When I was doing my research on Denny Abdia, he was talking about how like uh, Dragon Bender went back to Maccabi. I, well, I that's a shame. Know. Does that change? Does that change, Kevin? What you think? Is no, Kevin? no, no. It's still post hibernation. Um, Steph Curry, I trust that. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Dragon. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, John, by the way. Okay, yes, John, you're right. But so that's that's such a shame. If there if there was a team out there who can develop a young prospect. It is Golden State. Okay. And Dragon is still a young prospect. Okay. So, who makes the NBA Finals now? And, I don't sorry, know. Wins. It's tough. What do you mean? I don't know, Kevin. <laughs> no, I know, Wolves? but I don't want to do this. Okay. I don't want to do I refuse to answer that, John. Okay. Who, Patrick John. Williams wins his first Finals MVP in his rookie year. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time, John. I will jump. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like a cra- that would be a crazy storyline, but yeah. Damn. No, but but I think I think uh, Miami is going to make it again. I I feel confident in Miami, and I think Miami is going to win it this year. Jimmy Butler coming back with Big Face Coffee. I I I'm all in on that. Uh, uh, Miami versus what's there a wild one out there? A wild one. Miami versus. Uh, Lakers, that's wild, isn't it? So I'm gonna go with that, and I, I have Miami winning it this year. Okay. Okay. John, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with the sexy pick. I'm gonna go with the Brooklyn Nets making the finals. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they work out the Kyrie Irving fiasco, and Kevin Durant works well with him on the court. You know, Steve Nash, he's got that uh, really experienced head coaching um st- or coaching staff. You know, mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni's on there and whatnot. So I, I got the Nets making it out of the East. And then I have to pick the Lakers to come out of the West. And if I had to choose a winner, I'm going to say that the Nets win it in seven. Okay. Dang. I'm going to go with the Lakers and Bucks finishing in the finals. Oh, and I'm going to pick the Lakers. I'm going to take the Lakers to repeat. Even closer. You just want LeBron's legacy to be better. That's why. Leave me alone, Kevin. Um, that's that's all. I thought you were an unbiased journalist. What is this? No, I just I just think the Lakers are the best team. That sounds very biased, Richard. I mean, we all just agree like 15 minutes ago that the Lakers are <laughs> <laughs> the best team. Yeah. I don't think think when when John and I say it, it's unbiased, but when you say it, it's biased. Cause you I, just, I just think that after we all agreed that the Lakers are the best team going into the season, my best pick would be to pick the best team to win the NBA championship. Oh, that, that's completely 100% fair. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, John. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I have this thing called integrity, okay? I don't you know. That's just something I work by. Um, okay. Anyways, sixth man of the year. <laughs> are we all going with Lou Williams? No. No, I'm going with my boy Norman Powell. Okay. No. Kevin? Dennis Schroeder. I don't even know if he might even come off the bench this year because he was talking about how he's done coming off the bench. Yeah, he said he's I'm sure he's start. done, but I, I think if if LeBron wants him to come off the bench, he's going to come off the bench. Okay. Yeah. 
That's a fair point. He's going to come by. I want starting minutes. LeBron's like, no, you're coming off the bench. He's like, okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you for the opportunity. That's it. Thanks, boss. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be the conversation. What do you got, Rich? Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Lou Williams. Where is he playing this year? Is he getting traded? He's still he's still, <laughs> Clippers. still Clippers. He's still Clippers. I thought there was rumors of him yeah. getting traded. No, he's still with the Clippers until he's retired. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep betting on him to win the sixth man of the year. That's actually a good bet because um with uh, the reigning co co sixth man of the year being out and Trez. Yeah. yeah. You know? there uh, there's only in a food for one dog over there. All right, there next up. This is easy. Who is wants it? to go first? Yeah, this yes. is this is you so easy. It, it's going to be Steve Nash. You guys will be crazy for not saying Steve Nash. First of all, people, like they have a good team. Like the Nets have a good team, mm-hmm. but last year they didn't perform well. So of course, naturally, their ranking is going to be better and their record is going to be better this year. But people are not going to take that take into account. It's because they have a good team. They're going to be like, oh yeah, Steve Nash is good coaching, and he's also I think I think he could be a very good coach because he's always known to help out his players. He's he knows the game. He understands the game. High IQ player. Mm-hmm. But not just that, he's hired a lot of great assistant coaches. And Mike D'Antoni, yeah, he he brought in his old teammate and uh, uh, Amari Stoudemire. Uh, they have Udoko uh, Doko there. And uh, Jock Vaughn's still there. Jock Vaughn's still there. And also, they brought in, we were talking about Tiago Splitter earlier. I Googled it. He's now an assistant coach for the Brooklyn Nets. So, with yeah. it's like Thanos <laughs> with all the rings. He's acquired all, all of the gems. Okay? Nice. Steve Nash is going to rule the league with a golden fist. This is good. Okay. Yeah, I like it. You know, I got, I, I got Eric Spolster. I'll just throw it out there. Oh yeah, that's a good pick. Thank you. Like I can't believe Eric Spolster hasn't won a Coach of the Year in at, at any point of his career. Yeah, there we go. Well, I mean, it's it's unfortunate because he's always had to coach LeBron. If you coach LeBron, they'll just give the credit to LeBron. They won't give the credit. No, but I I just feel that the Coach of the Year is often given to the the coach that's coaching the best team, which is fair. But there's also something to be said about a coach that can really get the best out of his roster and or his or her roster, I guess. But, you know, Eric Spolstra is one of those coaches that's always been able to do that. You know, oh, he, yeah. you get some scrubs on his team and he's still going to scrub like scrape mm-hmm. them by to get, you know, 40 plus wins and maybe make the playoffs. So I, I was I liked your pick, Kevin, with with um, Steve Nash, but I got to go with my boy Spo, too. OK, dang. Whoa, you just flipped. You I did flip because at some point he's got to win a coach of the year. And I think this upcoming year might be the year yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. No, no, no disrespect. I love Spo. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. I think he's one of the best coaches to coach the game because he's mm-hmm. a student of the game. He started, you, you hear of the stories of like starting in the video room. Spolster yep. actually started in the video room. He was not an, like he played in college, but he was never really that good. But he started in the video room and he climbed up the ladder. Mm-hmm. He's got enough credit. And unfortunately, most of his career was, was overshadowed by the big three. And which makes sense. It's easily to be overshadowed by such a big uh, sort of uh, set of names. But mm-hmm. he's a very good coach. And he showed that last year. He outcoached many good coaches. Yeah. Moving on to uh, most improved player. Um, 
this one's tough for me because I was thinking between Jeff Green and and uh, Cameron Reddish. Uh, I'm gonna. Mm. Come- God. Why would you choose Cameron Reddish? Should I just go with uh, Jeff Green? He's gonna be a star eventually. Yeah, but do you, you might be the Cameron safest Reddish? bet. Cameron uh, Reddish won't have time to play this year. Dude, he'll he'll play. No, he won't play enough to get the MIP. Dude, I, I, I this is my guy. I'm gonna ride with him. You go, but MIP is also directly related to usage as well. Yeah, he won't get as much usage. You have to understand they brought in a lot of players. They're not. They they brought in one of those Jeff Teague things. All right, they brought in one of those. You think okay. you think Cam Reddish is going to touch the ball? You ever heard of Trevion Grab? They have one of those too. Damn. Yes, they do. Yeah, um, yeah they, they, he's also a devout follower of our uh, stories on Instagram. By the way, great. Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with Cam Reddish. I don't care. He's my guy from draft. I'm just gonna go with him. Cam Reddish. Okay. John, who you got? That's uh, tough, man. Uh, man, there's there's a lot of players that could potentially get this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go Raptors again just because you know I I want to maintain my unbiased uh, card <laughs> there. Yeah. So uh, when I think about it. Mm, you know, I'm not really too sure. I mean, Cam Reddish, that's a pretty good name there. Jeff Green, you got to always consider Jeff Green for the award every year. Uh-huh. But I think Tyler Hero might take take a big step up this year. Okay. Just from what we saw from him in the in the playoffs, I think he's ready to take on a bigger role. I think Spolstra is ready to, you know, give him a bigger role in the offense. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have to pick Tyler Hero. Not a Chicago Bull. I have the only correct answer here, which is Shy Gil Jewel Alexander. That's actually not a good pick. I don't know why that's a big him because Chris Paul's out. He's going to get more, more, most of the usage. He's going to yeah. be the center of that offense, center of that team. He's going to win the MIP. That's actually a great pick. Um, okay, Defensive Player of the Year. We're almost done here. Kev. I want to give it to Giannis, but I think AD. AD is going to win it this year. Um, it's the safest pick to go with. It's either going to be Giannis or AD, somebody who's going to get a lot of steals, a lot of blocks. They're not going to look at the advanced statistics. They're going to look at the lanky guy who just blocks shots. I think it's going to be AD. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to go Bam, but then I realized I'd be picking like three Miami Heat picks. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say... Anthony Davis is definitely the safest bet, if or, or Giannis, but mm-hmm. I, I'll just pick Anthony Davis for the sake of uh, voter fatigue. It's not often you see players win like back to back in awards unless like you know they really really stepped up from the previous season. Mm-hmm. So I think AD is a good pick here. I also got AD. Damn! Wait, we all That's just made the same pick. That's an earthquake. That's uh, an earthquake. <laughs> um, rookie of the year. Who's uh, can can I go first just because I have so much knowledge on all the rookies this year? Yeah, for, for sure. Go for it. Yeah, I, I know all the rookies. Uh, so who are the rookies? Oh, my goodness. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Edwards, Lamelo. Okay. I'm going to go with, let's see. James Wiseman. Mm, yeah, Ma- Ma- I'm throwing Malachi Flynn. Tyrese Halliburton. I'm going to go with Malachi Flynn. Something about him. Why? I don't, I don't know. even know if he's going to play, dude. That's yeah. Not, 
doesn't matter. Something about him makes me think that he's going to, I don't know, something about him. Rich, you keep on, dude, it's usage percentage every single time. That it's what I, I don't like the awards for a reason. It's all about like who touches the who's, ball more. Who's the, That's it. who's the best guard in this draft? Let's see. Lamelo Ball. Lamelo, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton. Let's see. Lamelo was taken by Charlotte. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Killian Hayes. Why? No, I, don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just going to go with LaMelo. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Thank you. <laughs> He's going to get the ball in Detroit, man. He is, but, but you got to understand, like, LaMelo is on a terrible team. Dude, he, that. So you know what? You know what? Fine. I'll, I'll stick with Killian Hayes. I'm going to stick with Killian Hayes. I think he has a great name. Sick name. Yeah. And I, I watched one video that compared him to James Harden because of what he does offensively. So I'm going to go with Killian Hayes. You know, I like that pick. Uh, if I had to say uh, who would win rookie of the year right now, the sexy pick is obviously LaMelo because, you know, he's the most popular name in the draft. But I think someone that's really going to get a lot of touches this this season right out the gate is Obi Toppin. I think he's just going to get a lot of playing time in New York. Hopefully, if he doesn't get buried in the bench with, like, you know... Did, did they bring back Todd Gibson? I don't think they did, right? I, no, they um, they waived him. Okay, good. So he, he, he might get some more playing time in New York, and mm-hmm. there's literally no one there to really generate some offense. You know, R.J. Barrett's still there, but I, Obi Toppin's ready to score on the next level, and just because of that, he, he might lead the rookies in scoring, and oftentimes the rookie of the year is the leading scorer. Yep. All the time. Okay. So, the reason why I won't pick Obi Toppin is because it's New York. Yeah, the mecca of basketball is hated by everybody in the world. Until James Dolan gets fired, I won't give him nothing. Um, I, I agree. They cleared up a lot of space for him by uh, with losing uh, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, things like that. I, I still don't trust that team. I'm not going to trust Obi top and also i wasn't the biggest fan of obi top and coming out as well uh but i'm gonna go with the safest pick which is Lamelo ball Lamelo ball is the safest pick just because charlotte terrible team uh they don't have good players around him he's just gonna be the guy that carries the ball scary terry is there but scary terry he's just gonna sit over there collecting that 15 million other than that nothing else it's Lamelo ball's team okay Son of a bad pick. Okay, last last up before we get our football picks in and wrap this up. MVP. Let's go through this quick. I got LeBron. <sighs> no. Yeah, okay. That's fair. No. I got Luka. I got Luka no. Doncic winning MVP this year. I think he's like one of the favorites to bring the award home. So I think he's I think he's got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm going with Luka too. If Kristaps stays healthy. And you know Josh Richardson, he he can he can try to step up. They have they lost Seth Curry. He a lot of the responsibilities is going to be on Luca. And Luca Luca, he, he's proven himself. If he can stay healthy, he's he's the MVP. Either yep. that or my sleeper pick would be Damian Lillard. That's that's a good sleeper pick. Not gonna lie, yeah. I like that. Right. Steph Curry is also a good sleeper pick too. That's true. Revenge here. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's got his girls tour. It's it's his own tour. Yep. Anyways, guys. <laughs> um, 
wrapping up with football picks, Kev. Who are your locks for this season? Uh, for this week, let's wrap this up. You want, you want my immortal locks or my mortal locks? Your mortal locks. Okay, that because that's all I deliver, baby. All I deliver are mortal locks. Okay, so number one, we have the Saints versus Falcons. Falcons are, I mean, say uh, Saints are minus three. Falcons are home. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Falcons will win this game. I don't know if Drew Brees is back. I'm hoping as he's back. If Drew Brees is back, Falcons are winning plus three. Lock mm-hmm. it in. Next, you have, let's see, Broncos, Chiefs. Chiefs are favorited neg- minus 13.5 points. Minus 13.5 points. I think that's a lot. Even at home, I think that's a lot. I think uh, Drew Locke is back. Is he back this uh, this week? No idea. I think he is. The COVID, COVID got lifted, right, didn't it? Anyways, if he's back, or even if Blake Bortles is back, because I think the COVID is done, the Coco is gone, I think mm-hmm. Broncos cover that plus 13 and a half. Next up, we have uh, the Giants versus Seahawks. Seahawks are at home. Seahawks are minus 11. I'm taking the Seahawks. Giants have Colt McCoy as a starting quarterback. He was, did not look good closing off the game last week when after Daniel Jones went down. I'm taking Seahawks minus 11 here. Next up, oh man, this is these are all so good. I have the Cleveland Browns and Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tennessee's at home. Browns, uh, they are iffy. I'm taking Tennessee over here minus 5.5 at home. Nice. Okay. Uh, my picks. I actually like the Chiefs a lot this week. I think the Chiefs are going to cover. I think the Chiefs are going to blow out the Broncos. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 13.5. Next up, I'm going to take the Raiders. They're going to have a bounce-back game against the Jets. They're they're an eight-point favorite on the road. I'm going to take the Raiders. Um, Next up, I think the Colts are going to have a big bounce-back game against the Texans. The Forrest Buckner is back in the lineup. So I'm going to take the Colts minus three. And then... Oh yeah, that's true. No Will Fuller, no Roby. No Fuller. There yeah. we go. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Colts over there. And then last game here. Let's see. I'm going to take the Rams to beat the Cardinals on the road. I think the Rams are legit. I think they have one of the best secondaries in football. And I think Jared Goff has a bounce back game against a defense that isn't that good in Arizona. So I'll take the Rams. But they don't have a quarterback whisperer. The Rams? No. Uh, yeah, the Rams don't have a quarterback whisperer. No, but Cliff Kingsbury is the quarterback whisperer. Everybody knows this. Oh, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> also, I want to preface. My my Chiefs pick is very, very contingent on who the starting quarterback is. Okay. Do not pick, pick the Broncos if Bortles or uh, mm-hmm. Drew Locke isn't starting. If neither of those guys are starting, take the Chiefs. Contingency. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing that out there. Okay, next up, Rich. Okay, let's no, go with that's John's four picks of the week. We need. Let's we do. need a. Oh, you you put a song in the last time, right? Yeah, I did. You're a legend. You're a legend. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Um, so you want to start up? Yeah, let's go. I'm gonna go with the Packers versus the Eagles. Uh, Packers are an eight point five point favorite at home. Gotta go with the Eagles, man. Gotta go with yeah. the Eagles. Oh yeah, they've given us so much hope this year. Uh, yeah, I know, but the, I, I get it. That now that it's a guaranteed Green Bay pick by Eagles, 
are so bad. So bad. Uh, next up, we're going to go with Detroit Lions versus Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are at home, minus three. Uh, Mitch Trubinsky is back. He's running. He's running, and that's it. Uh, who do you have? Mm. Also, the initial juju feelings that I got, I, I had the Bears when I heard both of the teams there. So okay. I got to go with my gut. Quick question. Who would win in a fight, a bear or a lion? Ooh, that's tough. It depends on where they're fighting, to be honest. That's true. Hell I, I, forgot to, I forgot to put the terrain in. As Richard said, a hell of a cell. Well, okay. Who wins? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think the Bears would win if if uh, they were fighting in the forest. But if they're fighting in like you know more um, Sahara type terrain, mm-hmm. you gotta give the advantage to the lions, right? Okay. Um, You're right. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. Good choice. My pick. We got the Chargers. They're a two-point favorite at home against the Patriots. Ooh. Gotta go with the Patriots, man. Gotta go with the Pats. I would have taken the Patriots too. Um, Ted, <laughs> wrap us up wrap you okay um okay we have the monday night game monday night game i know we don't like this but i have to just because actually the monday afternoon game just purely because we got the washington football team the washington football team versus pittsburgh steelers the undefeated pittsburgh steelers nonetheless steelers are favorited minus seven minus seven washington's alex smith he's turning up ben roethlisberger he's ben roethlisberger um so who do you got john you know, I I haven't followed football as much as I, pro- as I probably should have this past season. But, you know, I did see something on my story where someone bet on the Washington football team and they were like heavy underdogs and all of a sudden Washington was winning. I don't remember what week this was, but oh, I, I know I Would think you guys I'm, like for me to enlighten you. Yes, please, please. I think it was against a team known as uh, the Dallas Cowboys, was it potentially? Ooh. Dang. Uh, uh, I think so. I think I think they played him twice, right? Richard, is that am I correct? Um, Richard, episode up. <laughs> so basically, yeah. I I think I'll I'll pick the Steelers for this one. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah. I don't I don't want to talk about the Cowboys ever again on this podcast. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we got to wrap this one up. Uh, we've been going for a long time. This is a good episode, fun stuff. Uh, again, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Check both of those out. We'll be back next week. Peace. Peace. And that recording, Kev. But yeah, boys, um, 